Hi, I'm Deborah Hamilton. Welcome to my podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? Ten years ago, with my iPhone and a script, I recorded the first episode of the Ultimate Pet Resolution Summit, which chatted with experts about conflicts over animals. Our conversations were intimate, honest, and illustrated how disagreements over animals occur and how those disagreements can reshape people's lives and relationships. In November 2019, I started Why Do Pets Matter, a new podcast that continued these informative discussions. I'm so excited to have you here with me, continuing my exploration into a more meaningful conversation about why pets matter to all of us. My guests and I will share ideas, stories, and experiences straight from the heart, unscripted and holistic. From the bravest moments to the most brokenhearted, we will explore how to resolve disagreements over animals differently. One thing I know for sure is I want to have more meaningful conversations that will help all of us unlock that deeply felt human-animal bond that drives the emotions of conflict. Hi everyone, it's Deborah Hamilton and today's podcast is going to speak with Stacy Baum and Lynn White of the Feline This is a group in Denver who's having a breakfast June 28th, but who does such incredible work year round, helping spay and neuter, even rehome those community cats that can be gentled and passed on to a new home. You won't want to miss this recording because they talk so much about what a feral cat colony is, um, how to become involved in any way, just simply maybe spreading the word. So now let's hear what Stacy and Lynn have to say. Hi, it's Deborah Hamilton, and I'm back again with my two wonderful friends, Stacy Baum and Lynn White. They are with a group called Feline Fix, which is a wonderful group in Denver that is having a, an event June 28th that they're going to talk about uh, and give us some more information, as well as, you know the rules, answering that one sticky question, why do pets matter to you? So welcome, Stacy and Lynn. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. So I'm going to start with you, Lynn. Why do pets matter to you? Um, you know, I think pets matter to me because um, they, they provide us the opportunity to be more human. Um, I think that they, from a very basic part of our being, um, tell us that it's okay to, to feel the feelings and to, and to have the care to, to practice compassion, to um, want to take care of something, to provide that unconditional love that we all want. And um, I think that that is, you know, they, they give that to us without even knowing that they're doing it. They're just living their lives. I think that's fabulous because you know, they do teach us to be more human. If we could be the people our dogs and cats think we are, uh, we would be much better people, I think. I know for me, that's absolutely true. I I know my dogs think I'm much better than I really am. And I appreciate that because whenever I need, I need a, a boost to my self-esteem, I just go play with my dogs and they really make it much better. Stacy, how about you? I just think they're a very special gift to all of us. And I just, I think our whole position is we just want to take better care of them and help the world take better care of them. Oh, I have to agree. And so for the audience, I just want to uh, 
introduce again Stacy and Lynn. Stacy is the director of development and marketing and fundraising and setting up events at Feline Fix. She's been there for two years uh, and just really has a great handle on how to move things forward so that uh, cats can be fixed uh, in a way that creates um, some community involvement. Um, and Lynn is the executive director of Feline Fix. Uh, and she really has put together all of her training and accounting and business and vet tech to really give Feline Fix that extra bonus. So I'm so glad both of you are here. So our pets uh, make us more human. Our pets really provide us with that love and affection. And going forward, how did both of you get started with Feline Fix? Stacy? I'm going to start with you. Um, sure. So I've been in animal welfare since 1998. So it's been a while. I've worked at shelters. I've worked at rescues. Um, I've worked in different states. Um, and the Feline Fix, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I was aware of the Feline Fix in Denver. Um, and then I can't remember how I learned about the position, but they were hiring for, for somebody in marketing um, ultimately. And that is when I came and I, you know, this was in 2017, I went and talked to um, the director at the time. And I was just so impressed with everything going on. Um, the amount of, um, uh, basically the amount of good it's doing for the community. I mean, for example, the feline fix is almost at fixing 50,000 cats. I mean, as most animal people know, that's hundreds of thousands mm. of cats and kittens not born on the streets and not running around Denver. So anyway, I was just very impressed with them. Um, it's just a smaller organization. So everybody's tight knit and also very, it's very, um, I think more focused on, on the animals that do come into us. We have that ability because we are smaller. Um, and so anyway, that's, that's basically how I started. Um, and then I left the organization a couple years later, but now I'm back. Um, luckily, I'm so happy to be back. So, well, I'm glad. I'm sure they're glad to have you back as well, because having a force like you in their marketing and event planning must be outstanding, especially with everything that's coming up. Lynn, how about you? I know you're new to Feline Fix, but you've been in the arena for a number of years. Yeah, so I um, had actually started my own business doing um, consulting, accounting work for nonprofits, and one of my clients was the Feline Fix. And so um, over the last you know year and a half, I really got to know um, the organization and um, the financials. And then when the executive director at the time decided that she was going to move on to something else, they actually approached me and 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 offered me uh, the opportunity to to become the executive director. So um, that's been about five months now. So I'm still learning, I'm still growing, and I'm still trying to figure out my the, the, the best role that I can really play in the organization. And um, I'm just, I'm loving it. It's uh, the perfect job for me. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what Feline Fix's underlying uh, mission is. And then we'll talk more about the June 28th event that everybody needs to share and be part of if they're in the Denver area. Uh, do you want to start, Lynn? Sure. So, you know, the underlying mission is essentially to, to help the most vulnerable cats in our community. And in that, that encompasses a number of different things. 
Um, and so we deal with uh, ferals, strays, rescues. We have a, an adoption uh, fostering program. Um, and then of course we, we have the clinic. We actually offer to uh, the you know, private pet owners, that sort of thing. And so we, what we are really driven to do is to enhance the, that human animal bond and to make people number one, aware of sort of the issues that are surrounding um, felines in our community, as well as give them an outlet to either be educated, to um, a chance to participate in, in helping, um, getting involved, that sort of thing. And um, so, you know, we, we are really looking for a way to maybe if someone wasn't able to afford care for their cat, you know, that they can come to us and we can provide that for them as a nonprofit. So you really want to help people learn how to take care of the community cats, which, you, which used to always be called feral cats, but mm -hmm. now they're really part of the community uh, so that they don't create more cats. I think if you spay or alter one cat, I think within a year or two, you have stopped the birth of probably 20 cats. Mm -hmm. And so, and I might be wrong, it might be even more, but at least 20. This is something that's so important in every community and every community should support it from the legislators down to the local neighbors who know about the cats in the area. Stacy, tell me a little bit about what you see the mission of Feline Fix to be. You know, our mission is really, I think, as a small organization, um, our biggest uh, problem is that not enough people know about us uh, because we have an incredible opportunity within our organization to get to people who don't have the money to necessarily go to their, their vet, uh, fix um, even their personal cat and or if they're taking care of or see community cats in their neighborhood, you know, they can come to us for, you know, a 20 plus dollar spay neuter vaccination, make sure those animals are ear tipped and if they're if they are feral community cats great then now they're healthier they won't be procreating and we can release them back however we take in a lot of cats that are simply strays for whatever reason and um, they're social and they don't really want to be on the streets they're not really meant to be on the streets um, and not only that now they're having babies and so we're oftentimes taking in uh, stray cats with their kittens and so we have a foster and adoption program where we can take those cats into our foster program when they're ready we get everybody fixed and then we adopt them out into loving homes and for people out in the community that are living with cats uh, you know, and they don't know well, how do I get them to a vet, that type of thing. Um, you can call the feline fix up, drop by, we can rent them traps. Um, and then once you have those cats trapped, you can come in and, um, and we will set an appointment to fix them for you. And if they're a little squeamish, squeamish on setting traps themselves, I'm sure you have people in the area that can help them set the traps and come and get the traps too. We definitely have resources. We have connections with a lot of rescue groups, a lot of trappers in the area. Um, I think we are basically the go-to um, resource in the community for TNR and what to do, um, as, as well as you know, low-cost spay-neuter. And for the audience, TNR means trap, neuter, and return, because it's not like they're going to come take your cats and then never return them to you if you've really gotten affectionate you might not be able to touch the cat but you love watching them in your backyard because they're feral uh as long as 
you can trap them, they'll be returned if they're healthy um, or they'll be treated and then returned so that they're restored to health. And the great news is that they're not proliferating. So there's not going to be 20 cats in your backyard by the end of two years. There's only going to be this one cat in your backyard, which you love. Uh, and that's fabulous. And I have to say it's uh, a lot of the cats that are TNR'd who are trapped, as you said, Stacey, perfectly, are cats that have lost their homes and are actually not completely feral and can be gentled really quickly because they remember, oh, wait a minute, I don't have to be craziness because to survive. Because from what I understand, I work closely with the Cat Protection Council of Westchester County and the cats that are left in a cat colony, because people think leaving your pet in a cat cat colony will help them, you know, learn how to live outside. Not necessarily the healthiest thing to do with a domesticated cat who has lived inside. I'll ask you more about what that that's like. I'll ask you, Lynn, as well, um, because it isn't what you should do with your cat if you can't um, keep it. And we all know people lose jobs, people get sick, people lose their housing that allows animals. And so we're very understanding. And I know the feline fix is probably incredibly understanding that, that things happen and you're there to help. And would you like to foster it until you get on your feet? Maybe that's possible, but at least the cat would be um, altered or spayed and not necessarily left in a colony where it might not matriculate. So Lynn, I, I know that you've had um, experience with this because the, the cats that come from homes don't necessarily work well um, in colonies. That's right. I think that um, you know people sort of revert to, um, well, it's an animal, it's supposed to be outside, it's got all of the skills. But, you know, that's really not true because like most other creatures, it's it's learned behavior, right? So kittens have to be taught how to hunt. They have to be taught where to hide. They have to, be, you know, all of this stuff. And if they didn't have that to begin with, um, you know, my house cats here, you know, if they're out in the yard under my supervision and there's a mouse, it's more of a curiosity, right? It's not, a, oh, that's a meal. It's more like, what is that thing? So, um, you know, there's, there's a whole... Um, period of time that when cats kittens are taken from uh, the streets and then put into a home that they haven't learned that so they certainly shouldn't be you know put back outside if they have none of those skills because that just completely um you know is puts them at risk a huge risk at, exactly yeah. yes and, and that's um, like your pet who you drop off. You're putting them at a huge risk, not necessarily just because they don't know how to hunt for themselves, but because the other cats who are wild, other community cats, don't necessarily accept them um, right. willingly. Well, and there's so many other dangers too. And, and a lot of it stems from being around human beings because you know human beings generally, um, especially for some of the colonies, um, you know, they're compassionate people, they want to feed the cats. So that brings the cats closer to the human environment. But then there's things, you know, it's Colorado, we have really cold winters. So they crawl up in cars and the car starts and they get, you know, um, wounded or, or sometimes worse, or, you know, you're putting out pellets to kill mice and the cat eats the mice and, you know, that sort of thing. So um, there's a lot of things that we as human beings do. And these cats that are in the community we're not really thinking about them or the impact that we're having on them. And so one of the other things that we um, really enjoy doing is educating the community 
And when people come to us and they want to adopt a kitten, one of the questions on our application is, will your cat be let outside? And we've got some people that are like, well, of course, it's a cat. It wants to be outside. You know, it, it needs to, you know, I feel bad having it in the house all the time. Um, but really, we, we try and educate them. You know, it, it's one thing to have them outside under supervision or in a catio or something like that. It's another thing to just let them leave and you don't know where they are. And then they hope to come back because the average lifespan of a cat is six years. You could have your cat for 20 years. Uh, potentially if you just kept it inside and you could um, come up with different ways of, you know. Letting it experience outdoors, like those wonderful exactly. catios. They're great. Exactly. Yeah. How about you, Stacy? Because this is a huge question for people who um, are having difficulties. They feel bad about leaving the cats because they really wanted to have it for life, but can't. And it would be so much better, especially if you live in Denver, to find feline fix and, and help you help them uh, going forward because it just makes so much better sense. Absolutely. I mean, I think, I, you know, I referenced before that we are a small organization and our biggest problem is that not enough people know about us because the number of resources we have for not only the ferals and the strays um, and people who will want to adopt cats, but also even the underserved who really just don't have the ability or the, the finances to take care of their current cat. So we have all these things at one clinic and we just have to get ourselves out there more and introduce ourselves and let them know that even if, for example, you did lose your job and you're struggling, even a phone call to us, at least we could provide resources and tell you, give you better options than just simply letting your cat outside. Um, so, I mean, we really do like to think of ourselves as cat experts and we're there to help you in many, many ways, um, including those who financially need us. I, I, that's why I'm so glad that you're here on Why Do Pets Matter? Because you do think pets matter everywhere, whether they're feral community cats or they're pets that you're having a hard time keeping. Uh, and, you know, if somebody passes away or somebody gets sick and nobody wants the cat, please don't throw it outside. Please call us, especially if you're in the Denver area. Um, and now you're doing this wonderful program on June 28th. Tell me a little bit more about that. Whichever one of you want to start, tell me a little bit more about that. Sure, I can talk about, um, so what we're, it's one of our events uh, this year. It's called the Friends of Fix Breakfast. And it's really, the goal is to aid the most vulnerable. We want to introduce um, not only a, a bunch of new people to what we do, um, but we also want to celebrate our adopters, our foster families, our volunteers. Without, you know, without them, we don't exist. Um, we have an amazing group of supporters. Uh, we are a nonprofit organization. We do not receive any public funding. So in order to, um, you know, in order to keep all of these resources going and this amazing clinic, this amazing clinic going, um, you know, it does take the support of the community. So the breakfast is at the Curtis Ballroom. It sounds fancy, but it's it's really not a big, huge ballroom. Um, it's in Landmark. So for those in Denver, they know it's in roughly in the Greenwood Village area. Um, it's from 7.30 in the morning to 8.30. We will definitely get you out in an hour. We know people need to get to work. It's a Wednesday morning, um, but it's a very nice breakfast. You just come and learn a little bit more about what we do. Um, we want to introduce you to some of the amazing success stories over the years. And then also we will have what's called kitten therapy there. So we have a program where we take the kittens that are in foster care 
and we go out into the community and we basically provide kitten therapy, just like it sounds. Uh, we have, we've done a lot of um, finals week, for example, at uh, MSU in downtown Denver, UC um, Denver. Um, we've done some corporations where we go in and they have their employees come and we bring the kittens and on their breaks or whatever, they just come and hang out with the kittens. Um, so we will have kitten therapy at the event as well. Um, and really it's a free event. So anybody interested in attending can just RSVP to us, you, your guest, whoever you would like to bring. Um, I can give you our web address. That's the easiest way to just find where to RSVP. Um, it's uh, thefelinefix.org. That's wonderful. And we're going to put all of this in the show notes. All of this information great. is going to be in the show notes. You'll be able to hit the links, but it's great to have it here because somebody might be driving and they're just going to dot, jot it down. So repeat it again, Stacy. It's thefelinefix.org. Yep, that's it. Thefelinefix.org. And it it's something that everyone who lives in the Denver area can avail themselves of, maybe they don't need it, right? However, somebody they know might need it, or they might pass it on to uh, their Kiwanis Club, their Rotary Club, because these are the kind of people who will help get the word out that this is a, a community business that is helping raise the standards of the community because healthy community cats make the entire community healthier. Lynn, what do you think? No, that's that's a hundred percent right, and um, I think one of our other um, intentions with this is to also let the veterinary community in Denver know that we're here. Um, you know, it's again because we're such a small organization, we're competing with some of the larger ones, but we actually have sort of a niche um, mission in that TNR aspect of it. So, you know, we can do thirty. Uh, spay neuters in one surgery day uh, with one veterinarian. And so, you know, we don't book out for like two months kind of a thing. And so, especially the, the trappers and the rescues, they can go, they can, they can make sure they've got um, appointments with us for the, the spay neuter day. And then they can bring, you know, five, six cats in and get them done in that day. And then they can be released. So, um, the veterinary community is is really important to us to be able to have them be aware of what we do and the contribution that we make so that they can um, also spread that around too. So we've invited a number of our veterinary friends and and hope that um, we get a good response there too because um, you know we're all we are all part of the same mission. It really is important to share this with veterinarians who may not be able to either fit it in their schedule or because the people don't have the funds to do a spay neuter in their clinic. This should be a no brainer referral for them to do it because it's all about the animals and everybody's doing what's best for the animals. Uh, and this is a, a program and a nonprofit group that helps make sure that everyone who has a cat or has a community cat in their backyard, make sure that they don't have additional kittens. That's something that we really don't want. I know Stacy, you alluded to it before, but you know, kittens in the middle of winter in any Northern climb uh, do not have a high survival rate. And so making sure that this doesn't happen, that the cats aren't born and, and tell us a little bit more because, because to me, I, I know that seeing um, cats in the wintertime is, is sometimes very difficult. Yeah, the, and there, I mean, 
certainly if you're if you are taking care of a colony outside there are things you can be doing there are shelters that you can make for very cheap there are shelters you can buy um so those are things also that we are more than happy to reference for you um we've had shelter building uh, seminars where we just have, you know, 20 people come in and we just build 50 shelters made out of rubber maids and styrofoam and hay, you know, so there are ways to help these cats and we are more than happy to provide those resources and the information that, um, you know, goes along with how to make those things yourself. Um, but it is true. I mean, uh, there are a lot of cats that can be taken off the streets. They really can because they are socialized and they can be put into loving homes. Um, so aside from taking care of the community cats who are cats that, um, you know, outside. Some, yeah, outside, they just need compassion, you know, um, little empathy for what they're going to uh, endure through the uh, winter months. But any of those cats that you see that, you know, that can potentially be taken off the streets, you know, that's also what we're here for to help with that. So, so the one piece I would love to touch on, and we're going to really push the June 28th breakfast um, at the end of the podcast. But the one thing I'd love to touch on is the fact that if you build these shelters, uh, the colony stays put and then that colony sort of keeps other cats away uh, and really it, it has a cycle, right? Colonies have cycles, especially if they're spayed um, and neutered, they have a cycle. Uh, so it's not as if, well, you're just gonna have these crazy cats here always if you uh, put up shelters and things like that. Believe me, cats are gonna find the areas where they can thrive, um, usually due to dumpsters that are open and people who are feeding them, um, which I understand completely. Uh, however, if they're spayed and altered, they will have a life expectancy of what? Um, and then the colony keeps other colonies from establishing, or maybe I'm totally wrong. No, no, you're not wrong at all. Um, I mean, it is a big misnomer that um, well, you're gonna return these cats to us after they've been fixed, but there's just gonna be more cats and more cats. I mean, the, essentially um, the gist of it is if they're fixed and they are, they have their little area, I mean, eventually that population dwindles down. And so that is the best way to handle community cats. It is through trap, neuter, return. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's just more of an educational aspect, I think, to educate people that yes, we are returning the cats, um, and we completely, you know, obviously um, bless all of the community caregivers that are taking care of them. Um, but ultimately, that population will dwindle down. Versus, if you do nothing, um, you're just going to have hundreds and thousands of cats, and uh, that's definitely not what you want. So, and not for you or for them. You know, we don't want to see that. So, and having the community caretaker there, the community cat colony caretaker, say that three times fast, uh, take care of the spade neutered, they will then notice when a cat, a new cat arrives that isn't possibly ear tipped because you know by ear tipping that a cat has been spayed or altered uh, and they live outside. So they can set another trap, maybe six months, a year after they've neutered the whole uh, colony, they might see a new cat and then they can set a trap and catch that new cat. Uh, it's really interesting it was interesting to me, at least, that once a cat is trapped, never to be trapped again. So it's not like some other cat is going to usually go into the trap. It's usually the one who doesn't know that the trap is there that goes in. Uh, 
And because it's very hard to trap a cat a second time if you don't get them to be spayed or neutered, it's really hard to trap them the second time. So the new guy will walk in and you'll get to spay or alter her or him uh, so that you keep ahead of it so that there isn't more cats coming. It's it. These people are so dedicated. They they just feed these cats. And there's a certain way to feed the cats, too. Right. You just don't throw a bag of food on the floor. Right. <laughs> yeah, Lynn, if you want to talk about that a little more. I do, because I know from my experience with all the um, cat community, uh, community cat groups that I worked with, the worst thing in the world is to have a neighbor throw a bag of food down um, and just leave it because that, first of all, gets moldy and gross and disgusting. Um, however, you really want to train them to come and eat at a certain time for half an hour. I think this is what it is. And then you pick everything up and then it keeps them really organized and in place. Right. And, you know, this, what we're talking about here, um, you know, and, and you sort of said this, Deborah, these people are committed. They are committed to these animals. They have so much um, compassion and empathy for them. This isn't a, oh, I got a, a uh, extra bag of food at the grocery store. Let me go feed some cats. This is every day they go out, they put the food down, they're checking, they're making sure the animals are okay. If they see one that's maybe got an injury, then they work to try and trap that and bring that cat in to see if there's you know, something that can be done medically. Um, and so there's a lot that goes into this. Food isn't cheap. And so they rely on donations as well um, and support to bring the food out, you know? And, um, it is, it is an everyday labor of love for, for these people. And they are um, extremely good at what they do in supporting these colonies. And we, and to go back to a previous point, we do see the, the, the uh, colonies dwindle. And, and so, you know, eventually that's, that's what you want to happen because there's generally going to be another colony somewhere, right? And so there's inevitably another colony that they can move on to. But um, yeah, that's the goal is to is to um, make sure they're healthy, make sure that they are um, altered so that they can't produce more kittens and that they are not um, over encroaching on uh, the the lives of the people around them in the community, because then that just gets bad for everybody. Yeah. It's a collaborative effort. And I know that all the colony um, caretakers that I knew kept their colonies extraordinarily clean mm -hmm. because the cats are extraordinarily clean. They don't want to live in mess. I mean, they are really, really clean. And as you said, um, if they have these uh, Tupperware, very easy to make, trust me, I made one and I am so totally not able to do anything uh, <laughs> with styrofoam and hay, uh, they won't be in your car. And there's nothing worse than starting your car and hearing a cat scream, um, nothing worse. If you've ever done it, you're like, oh my God. Uh, but they do seek warmth. And if you want them in your basement or your eaves or um, in the sewers or in your car, then don't help make alternative uh, facilities for them so that they can go there and be safe. That's the thing that I learned because there is there are ways to make sure that the community lives in harmony with the community cat. Um, and let's talk a little bit more about the fact that some people want to catch them all and move them. Uh, and that's so uh, anti-useful uh, in this in this scheme of things uh, because of why, Stacey? 
Well, I mean, I think that's just going to be a never ending cycle. I mean, what they're not realizing is you can move these five cats, but you're going to have five to 10 more come right and re be replacing versus if you take the time and, 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 you know, to help them trap them, um, fix them, uh, that's a colony that eventually will dwindle down, you know? Yeah. And, really you know, important. it's called the vacuum effect. So if there's a vacuum, if there is a source of food and water and shelter there, the other neighbors down the road, the uh, cat colony is going to find that space. And it's interesting because uh, the side effect of having community cats, because they usually live where there are dumpsters and they usually live, you know, where there's life forms i.e. mice and other vermin, uh, they keep that down. And you'll find when the colony dissipates, the vermin um, proliferate because we're not trapping and neutering and spaying the mice. Uh, so there is a benefit to the community of these mice who are incredible hunters and huntresses. Absolutely. I mean, we're thankfully now versus say even a decade ago, we even have shelters now who um, have wonderful barn cat programs mm -hmm. where they'll take those cats in, get them fixed, and they're adopting them out as barn cats, because that's exactly what they do. They definitely help. I mean, yeah. as, as a funny aside, I used to live in a more rural area, and all of my neighbors had uh, uh, infestations with mice. Yeah. never found one mouse in my house. And it was because I had four cats at the time. And, you know, so I always suggested you should get yourself a cat. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So before we wrap up, because this has been a wonderful conversation, I love talking to people who are helping the community by helping the community cats because it makes everybody's life better. Tell us again, um, it's thefelinefix.org and yes. the breakfast program is from 7.30 to 8.30 in the morning at the Landmark. Um, Curtis Ballroom. Curtis Ballroom at the Landmark, right? And uh, it'll all be in the show notes. Uh, yes. And tell us a little bit more about what you're hoping to uh, provide an education. Yeah, so um, so it's a, it's a Wednesday morning, June 28th. Come in, participate in some uh, fun cat, uh, kitten therapy. We love kitten therapy. Um, we, you'll have a very nice breakfast. It's a sit-down breakfast. Um, we will introduce you to, for example, and inspire you with one of our fosters who is an incredible woman. She's done so much for um, Cats, Kittens, our organization. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about what we do in the community and then um, just kind of encourage you to get involved, whether that's yeah. um, through volunteering or fostering, donating, whatever it may be. Or spreading the word. Um, spreading the word and making and Spreading the word. Yeah, absolutely. Right. As a small organization, I can, I can absolutely say no doubt that uh, anyone who supports us in any number of ways that I just mentioned, uh, you're making an enormous impact. You really are. You're helping, you're helping these cats. So Stacy and Lynn, thank you so much for being here. I'm Deborah Hamilton. You're listening to the Why Do Pets Matter podcast. And until next time, kiss your pets for me. The Why Do Pets Matter podcast drops every Thursday and can be found on whichever platform you find your podcast. Subscribe now, invite your friends, and I cannot wait to have you join me in these conversations.